I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 40. And something's a little different about this one. Because you didn't have to wait a week. Starting in 2020, Sinister Sightings every fucking week. Every Thursday. More stories. More spooky. More laughs, maybe? More... Fear farting. Mm-hmm. True crime, maybe? Hopefully. Ambient stories, maybe? Oh, my gosh, please. Y'all. Y'all. The one that we ended that decade was so funny. It was the perfect way to end it. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, I was listening to someone's podcast. Obviously, someone does a podcast. And they said something about titties flapping in the wind. And I was like, wait, what? But it was something completely different. Yeah. But I was like, skirt. <laughs> uh, what the fuck did you just say? But it was a completely different story. But I was like, was she trying to find boots? Because um, that's our story. Hellfire sent that to us. But anyway, if y'all didn't listen to this, if this is your first Sinister Sightings, please go back, listen to 39 But after you listen to this one. Mm -hmm. So, because we're doing episodes every week now, that means we need more stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Paranormal, true crime, what the fuck, damn I'm feeling fine, all of that. Okay, Lizzo. (laughs) Um, So, y'all should send them in to us, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your hype girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get into this. Okay, this one's called Paranormal or Nah. Hey, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Blue can trail. Okay, okay. Hey, ladies. New listener here. And she put insert cheering here. Thank you for having me. I discovered your podcast while listening to another paranormal podcast called Ghosted with Roz Dresfelez. She put in parentheses, I think you all should team up for an episode, just saying. And you know she's not from the South because she said you all. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for more creepy yet funny things to listen to, and your podcast was in my suggestions on iTunes. Mm, Thanks, iTunes. Right? Couple stories to share. I moved out of my parents' place when I was about 20 years old to live with my friend who needed another roommate. I fell in love with the place as soon as I saw it. Bright-ass orange brick row home in an up-and-coming neighborhood. Three stories, and I had my own room for the first time in my life. Aww. At times, I felt like I wasn't alone, but I honestly ignored it and was just, quote-unquote, too busy to pay attention. The only place in that house that truly creeped me out was the basement. I know, I know, all basements are scary. But there was something about it that just made me feel so uneasy. I hated the fact that the light switch was located right above the washer and dryer in the corner of the basement. You gotta schlep all the way across the basement to the corner to turn the light on? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't like that. I would make my boyfriend at the time come down with me if he was around or just run really quickly if I was alone. My roommate had dogs and they would follow me around all day. I had an evening job, so I was home a lot during the day by myself, but the dogs would never go to the basement with me. I'd go down to do laundry, and they'd sit at the top of the stairs, whining. I'd call for them to come down, and they'd just whine, pace back and forth, but never go down. 
I thought to myself, animals can sense shit. So if she's acting that way, something is definitely off. I told my roommate to try since it was her dog. Maybe she would obey. Nope, same thing. The dog would not go down those stairs, whining and pacing like crazy, but would not even make an attempt to go down. Suspicious much or just a badass dog? Or a smart-ass dog. Probably both. There was another incident where my boyfriend at the time, same guy from the first story, I don't have a million boyfriends, I wish though, (laughs) (laughs) and I woke up in the middle of the night to a loud thump sound coming from downstairs, and we sat up to listen, convinced that someone had broken in. He gets up to go check it out, and I go with him because I'm a down-ass bitch. (laughs) We get downstairs and see the kitchen lights are on, and all the cabinet doors are wide open. He checks the doors and windows and says everything is locked and shut. We don't even acknowledge or speak the words out loud on the kitchen. We simply shut the cabinet doors and turn off the lights and go back to bed. A few days later, I mentioned the situation to my roommate. She then said that she had found the kitchen in the same state a few days prior and thought it was me playing a prank on her. We never spoke on it again. I have more for you ladies, but we'll write it in another time. Thanks, Ash. My God, Ash. Paranormal. Definitely. If a basement's involved, you know what I say. Demon. Or laundry. And it's both. In this case. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're both of the devil. Okay, this one is true crime, maybe sinister sightings, y'all decide. Hey ladies, I found y'all's podcast a couple of weeks ago and I don't know how I ever lived without it. I have a story about a guy from my childhood. Not sure if you want to use this as a sinister sightings since everything that happened with this guy happened after he graduated from my high school and moved on. Or you could use him as an episode. I grew up in Barnwell, South Carolina, which is a really small town. Everybody knew everybody's business. One of my friends growing up was Henry Wallace, who became the Taco Bell Strangler or Bad Henry. Is Bad Henry a candy bar? I don't know. Okay, sorry. He was a couple of years older than me, but we went to the same school. We cheered together in high school, and he drove our cheerleading bus to the away games. As far as we all knew, he had a normal childhood and was just a nice guy. He never showed any of the usual signs that were associated with the serial killer. Something I read says that he blames his childhood abuse for becoming a killer. One article says that his mother was so abusive that she made him pick his own switch to be disciplined. Uh, That that definitely had to do that in my childhood. Not me. I definitely had to do that in my childhood. Threatened, but no. Mm -hmm. I think I actually did, but then she was like, do you see? This is what I will use next time. Mm -mm. And I was like, I'm sorry. Did you ever get spanked? One once, time? Once with my daddy's belt, and I cried like a baby. It was a leather belt. Okay. But it was one of, like, it had some fucking etched in cowboy looking thing. What, daddy? I don't know. But he got me with a buckle one time, and I was, like, crying. He never whipped me again. Sounds like my typical weekend. <laughs> never whipped me again. Okay. I don't know what really happened behind closed doors in his house, but if having to pick a switch turns people into serial killer, then 95% of children raised in the South would be killers. Yep. Truth. Yep. Henry was probably one of the most popular and well-liked kids in the school. After Henry graduated from high school, I never saw him again. He went to college for a year and ended up joining the Navy Reserves and becoming a serial killer in his spare time. 
Some stories I've read say that he most likely killed more women while in the Navy and possibly even some before he killed his first victim in 1990. Oh my gosh. I remember turning on CNN and seeing his picture and hearing the story when it first broke. It was a jaw-dropping moment. I think if you asked any of us who knew him growing up, if we would have felt safe with him, we would all say yes. I wouldn't have even thought twice about letting him in my house and had on several occasions. I look back on the times we went to cheerleading camp together in the summer. He was one of the few boys who were at these camps, and I wonder if he ever tried anything with the girls while we were there. Finding out one of your friends became a serial killer really makes you question what you believe about everyone you know. Anyway, look him up if you haven't already heard of him. I'm loving the podcast and can't wait to see what y'all come up with next. Hugs, Michelle. P.S. I'm attaching a picture from our newspaper with Henry as a cheerleader. Don't judge my hair. It was a hot day and my mom used to give me home perms, so my hair was always frizzy. (laughs) Plus, it was the 80s and I was in my punk rock phase. Oh, girl, yes. First of all, Donna had perms too. and I had one perm. No. One perm that lasted you all of high school? It really did. Oh. That perm fucked me up. Fucked me up. That's crazy. Can you imagine? No. And why is he called a Taco Bell strangler? I guess he did a Taco Bell. Or Taco Bell killer. I guess he did it while he was at Taco Bell. Okay. Hi, ladies. First, I just want to say I love you two. As much as popcorn and pickles... Two of my favorite things. Look, popcorn, pickles, and sweet tea together, best thing ever. Yes, and seriously, popcorn and pickles really are two of my favorite things. They are. Donna fucking loves popcorn and pickles. Not together, though. Mm, No, I can at a a ballpark. Oh, Oh, yeah, like a ballpark or like a movie theater? Mm -mm, Not a pickle in a movie theater. Oh, I could do pickle, except for they're not cold, and I like cold pickles. Yeah, they're not cold, but... A ballpark fucking dry-ass popcorn in that little bag? Mm-hmm. Oh, I will pay $10 for that and $5 for a fucking juicy-ass pickle. I love... That the juice will get everywhere. I love watching movies at home with popcorn, a pickle, and a big old glass of sweet tea. Mm-hmm. But I digress. I love listening to you and laugh so much. I feel like we're friends. We are. We are. I mean, and also you can invite us over for popcorn and pickles. Just saying. I'll bring the sweet tea. (laughs) I have so many stories I could share with you. My friends and I used to play with the Ouija board a lot when we were younger. There were a few times crazy things happened. Seeing dark figures with red eyes, things happening in my house, all kinds of fun stuff. LOL. But the story I'm going to share with you today is a bit more personal. I feel you two share so much and are so open with us listeners. I love it. So six years ago, this September, my husband passed away. He died in a motorcycle accident. He was out late at night being immature with some guy friends. It was foggy and made the road slick. His back tire skidded. Is that how you say it? That's how I say it. Me too on the road, and flung him into an embankment. I was home with our two-and-a-half-month-old son. Oh, my God. I miss him every single day. I'm most sad for my son, who grows up only knowing his father through pictures and what others tell him. The night he passed, I just felt something was wrong or going to go wrong. I really didn't want him to leave, but I know he would have been like, what the fuck, paranoid much, to me, and left anyways. 
My son had just started sleeping through the night, for the most part, at about two months old. I was breastfeeding, so I started getting up at 2 a.m. to pump so I wouldn't feel like my boobs were going to explode by 5 a.m. But instead of my alarm waking me up that night, I heard the sound of his bike coming down the road into the driveway. That's what woke me up before my alarm could. But when I got up, he wasn't home. So I sat down to pump, and halfway through pumping, the police pulled into my driveway. I would honestly hate to have their job, letting family members know that their loved one was never coming back. Those officers were so kind, comforted me while I held my baby and bawled. They called my family and my husband's family to come be with me, gave me their numbers to call if I ever needed anything. A few weeks after he passed, I was sitting in my recliner nursing my son, dozing off and on. That oxytocin release is no joke. As I was dozing, I heard my husband's voice, like his exact voice. It sounded like he was talking in my ear. It sounded so much like him, I woke up crying. The only thing he said was, you're going to love it here. Oh my God. So about a month or so after he passed, I went to see a psychic medium in Ohio. I live in Pennsylvania. Mind you, I hadn't received the copy of their police report, etc. yet that my lawyer had asked for. Eileen, the medium, knew details of the accident I didn't even know yet, which I confirmed when I got the police report. She knew things that my husband and I had fought about, talked about, etc. that no one but us would have known. She explained to me that he was in heaven and was in his review period. Apparently, when you die, you have to relive your life. You feel the sadness, hurt, happiness, etc. that you cause others around you. You have to learn and grow from that. But she told me that the sound of the motorcycle I heard that night was his spirit coming home to my son and I. And the voice I heard was his. Eileen records the session so I can always go back and review when I feel I need to hear it. But since his passing, funny things happen at my house. Mainly little stuff like my son's toys going off or the electric picture frame I bought for his pictures will turn on by itself when I have it off. Kind of like, hey, I'm here, look. But is the prankster him? I think so. But I live in my deceased grandma and grandpa's house, so it could be them. The house has always been a little active. Nothing bad. My mom used to tell me stories from when she was a kid. When I was little and sleeping over at my grandma's, I always heard boot footsteps walking around. Hmm. Sorry this is so long. I could go on forever with scary, weird, and funny things that's happened in my life. But that's my story for now. I'm so happy to have found you ladies. Happy to have found the Facebook group and just be able to be myself there. You're amazing and don't let anyone else tell you different. Love, Bobby Joe. P.S. You're dangerous to listen to while driving. I start laughing so hard I start crying, then I can't see. So then I have to calm myself down, but y'all laughing make me laugh. Oh, and you need a merch t-shirt about demons and laundry in the basement. Oh my God, that's so funny. Holy shit. Always Always a fucking theme. (laughs) Whoa. Thank you so much, Bobby Joe. Oh my God, yes. Sweet. That story is sweet and heartbreaking, but amazing. Okay, this one is from Ashley S. This stuff took place when I was about 12. I've written the two most significant episodes. One night, my bedroom was pitch black and I woke up out of a dead sleep. I heard a low, growling chanting at the foot of my bed. 
I looked down and saw two red glowing eyes. I looked down and saw two red glowing eyes in a large shadowy head approximately three feet high. The shadowy thing started climbing onto my bed and I felt I couldn't breathe as it rushed towards my head. What? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. I was able to reach out and turn on my bedside lamp and the thing disappeared. I didn't sleep any more that night, and I still hesitate to sleep with the lights off 15 years later. I would too. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. An- mm-mm. Another time, I was watching TV in my parents' room around 4 in the afternoon. I was absorbed with whatever daytime TV trash I was watching when suddenly there was a sudden thump at the head of the bed. I was sitting at the foot, as if a person had jumped down onto it. I didn't see anything in that space and couldn't find anything that had fallen to explain the sound. I got out of that room pretty quickly and refused to be in there alone for quite some time, but it never happened again. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, ghoul friends. A post in the Facebook group reminded me of the time I worked as a temp helping to close a medical office. Basically, my job was to copy medical records, package them, and address them to the new doctor's offices. And of course, fix the copier every 20 minutes when it jammed or broke. Essentially, I was getting paid to read for eight hours a day. The job lasted through my summer break from college and was uneventful until the office actually closed and I was the only one in the building 75% of the time. Anytime there was someone else in the building, they would have to come find me and let me know that they were there and when they left, since no one wanted to scare me unnecessarily. It was creepy AF. I was in what used to be an exam room, so I couldn't see anything except the hallway right outside the door, but I could hear really well. It started out small. Footsteps, rustling, the sounds of things moving. Sometimes I would take off early if it started to feel too heavy in there. Fortunately, I worked really fast, so my boss never minded. Then one day, about a week before I was due to leave for school, I was working in the office completely alone. I was copying away, probably read Les Miserables, because that's the kind of nerd I am, when all of a sudden I hear a giant crash. Now, at the time, I was every dumb college-aged white girl in a horror movie. I had not yet acknowledged my true loves of paranormal and true crime. So my 19-year-old ass goes to investigate while holding a stapler, like I was going to staple Casper to the wall or something. (laughs) What I found was that someone or something had thrown a cart that still had some medical equipment, I think like empty test tubes and whatnot, across the hallway and into a wall, scattering the contents of the cart across the floor. Nuh-uh. First of all, that's loud, and then you fucking have to clean it up. Right? Maybe Casper needs to be stapled to the wall. (laughs) I grabbed my shit and have never pieced out harder through a back door in my life. I did go back there the next day because a girl's got bills to pay, but nothing else happened. I was only there for maybe a week longer at most. Not paranormal, but related to this temp job, I was at another location for this job the following fall that had me up in the attic of an older building copying and moving medical records all day. I got no cell signal and we had no radio up there. When I came down for lunch, I found out that the planes had crashed into the Twin Towers (gasps) since it was 9-11-01. Oh my God. 
I discovered literally 40 voicemails from my Nana. And when I called her, she was in tears because at the time I was working near the Pennsylvania Capitol and the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania really scared her. Oh my God. She kept saying it was like Pearl Harbor all over again. Oh God. It was definitely a surreal day for me. Since I'm probably like one of the three people who didn't know about it until hours later. Anyway, sorry that got so long. You ladies know I love you in the podcast. And if you ever venture Northeast, you've got a place to crash. Love, Valerie A.B. Oh, Valerie. Valerie, love you. Mm -hmm. Valerie was the OG in the Facebook group. The original one that we were like, wait, do you know her? I don't know her. I don't either. Who knows her? Nobody. (laughs) Someone likes us. (laughs) (laughs) It's not our family. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, we didn't guilt her to be in there. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, we're guilting her not to leave, but... Well, that's a totally different situation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But one about you being in the attic, holy shit, Mm -hmm. to come down and, like, the world is forever changed. Yeah. Also about being by yourself and then hearing all that, uh uh-uh. It's like, anytime you work in an empty place like that, it's scary. Yes. Even if it's, like, there's nothing going on, Mm -hmm. it's still scary. Oh, for sure. When I worked in an office, I would leave at, like, 5.30 some days, and so, like, everyone was gone. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was still daylight outside, and it was just, like dark in the halls, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is weird. Oh my God, someone's going to jump out at me. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. I think about the people who like come through and clean office buildings after it and like how creepy it must be for them. Yes. Well, you know, my parents used to do that at the theaters. Yeah. Well, they also did it at a, like a fitness center here. I had to go clean with them a few nights. One, people are gross. Two, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But it was all, like, glass and Mm -hmm. stuff, you know. And so, like, at night, you know, like, I'm, like, working, not wanting to work. And, like, I'd be like, what is that? Who is that? Uh Oh, that's my reflection. Never mind. Like, the creeper's me. Yeah. I am the creeper. Like, holy shit. But, mm -mm. so, like, I can only imagine, like, doing that all the time. No, thanks. Mm -mm. Okay, this last one is True Crime Close Encounter. Hey, y'all, it's Lexi again. Last time, I sent in a paranormal story, and while I have plenty of those, I thought I'd share a close encounter I had with someone who was actually walking this earth. It's kind of long for something that probably only happened in a span of a few minutes, but here goes. When I was 19, I was a cosmetology student and worked full-time during the day, then went to school at night. I would leave my house at 7.30 a.m. every day, then come home at 10.30 p.m. every night. One particular night, I'm exhausted driving home in my yellow Volkswagen Beetle. What the Ted Bundy's going on here? Damn. I exit the highway and get on the road leading to my boyfriend's house, whom I lived with at the time. I got into the left lane, knowing in a couple of miles I was going to turn when I noticed a car hanging back in the right lane with their brights on. I couldn't see the make of the car, just the bright headlights. I got a weird heaviness in my stomach, so I tried to slow down to see the car better, but it slowed down as well, as if it was trying to stay back. My turn came, and like a dummy, I signaled out of habit and turned. Lo and behold, the car cut over quick and turned right behind me. 
I knew right then they were following me. My street came up and I passed it out of fear of being grabbed in my driveway or them knowing where I lived. I also knew no one else was home yet as my boyfriend worked late as well. I came up to the stoplight at the end and again, like an idiot, signaled left. The car turned with me when I got the green arrow, again staying back so I couldn't see it. At this point, I'm on the phone with my mother, freaking out, asking her what to do. She tells me to go to the police station. They'll back off. I panicked and forgot where the police station was, so I went to the fire station instead. That would be me. I'd be like, where the fuck? Like, it would be like, how do I call 911? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah. I should mention here that I was in a small town named Kennedell and was surrounded by bigger cities like Arlington and Fort Worth. As I got closer to the turn for the fire station, the car suddenly took a U-turn and sped away. I turned left towards the fire station anyways. I pulled up and immediately started banging on the doors. No one answered, so I sat in my car and called my boyfriend. Why I didn't call 911 this whole time, I still don't understand. I sat there for a minute, bawling to him, and a police car showed up. The officer got out and knocked on my window, and I spilled everything to her. She let me know that someone had called the police on me (laughs) because they saw some deranged person banging on the doors of the fire station. (laughs) That would also be my luck. Wow. Wow. I gave them the info I could, which wasn't much, and they reported it. Turns out the reason the car did a sudden U-turn was because I was already close to the police station and they most likely realized it. The next day, I sought out the police station so I'd know where it is for future reference. We believe whoever it was followed me because I drove a yellow beetle, which was popular amongst young girls, and there have been a lot of human trafficking kidnappings in Dallas-Fort Worth for years now. What bothers me still today is that I don't know how long they had been following me before I noticed, and I don't know who they went after next. Ladies, gents, and whoever else is listening to this, please learn where your police stations are, and if you ever think that you're being followed, don't be dumb like me and signal where you're turning. Courteous thing to do or not, fuck anyone in that kind of moment and protect yourself. And whoever followed me that night, let's not meet. Thank you guys for being so awesome and continually keeping me entertained. Lots of love from Texas, Lexi. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. I don't like that. That's so scary because it's true. Like, you're, I mean, you're like living your best life, fucking like singing, uh-huh. listening to the podcast, whatever you're doing, listen to a book, whatever. And then you're like, God damn, this car's been here for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know, how long have they been there watching your every move? It's so scary. Yeah. I totally do that. If I feel like someone's following me, like if I turn down my road, I keep going and mm-hmm. like loop all the way around. Oh, and yeah, I would head back to the police station. I wonder if it's like. They'd be like, ma'am, you have something hanging from your car. And I've been trying to tell you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I wonder though how, like how long it takes a typical person to notice that they're being followed. Ooh. And. Once they notice, do they still usually pass their house mm. and keep going? So, like, you could kind of deduce where they live based on what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially if you kind of already knew their habits. Oh, God. I don't I like know. It. Crazy, right? I don't like it. Wow. Those were so good. Yes. Way to kick off the new year. 
Yes, y'all, keep sending them in. We are doing this every week now. Every Thursday. So that means Monday and Thursday, we come into your ear holes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever Donna's into. <laughs> so clean out your wags. Ew. <laughs> we got to go on that note. Remember. Creep it real. And, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared. Ear wags. Ear hole. What'd you say? <laughs> That's some shit.